Pastor Xavier Reese, acknowledging not just the giver of life, but the distributor of gifts. Despite the different kinds of gifts, despite the different manner of ministries of service, these are all done by the Holy Spirit for the edification of the body of Christ. Each of us should understand that all the gifts are distributed and operated by God as He wills, when He wills, to who He wills, as often as He wills, for the edification of the body. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Uniformity is important when you manufacture precision parts for, say, the anti-lock braking system of a car. But you wouldn't use those same parts for assembling the seats. Well, today, as we continue our study series in the book of 1 Corinthians, Pastor Xavier brings us the simple truths regarding the diverse variety of gifts given to the body of Christ and how they are assembled in just a way that gives God all the glory. Let's listen. So what we want to do is focus on chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, the proclamation of Paul regarding the gifts. Today there is still much ignorance about the gifts of the Spirit as they are exercised in a carnal, circus-type atmosphere at times that bring much confusion. A lot of emotionalism is involved in it. Gifts are no credentials for spirituality. God just gives them to you, not because you're good, but because he gives them you for the benefit of the body. We'll see that in the third point. In verse 4, Paul stated there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. The word give charisma, according to Thayer's lexicon, means grace or gifts denoting extraordinary power, distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the church of Christ, the reception of which is due to the power of divine grace operating on their soul by the Holy Spirit. We're merely channels, vessels. That's all we are as we yield. The gifts are diverse from one another. The word diverse means, in particular, distinction arising from the difference of kind, distributing to different individuals. Though diverse in kind have the common source, notice, by the same spirit. Paul stated there are different ministries, but the same Lord. The word ministries, diakonia, means the service or the act of serving, the function and ministration of those who render to others the offices of Christian affection. All the gifts are to be functioning on a regular basis as the church gathers together, evident of diversity that, again, is magnified by unity. 21 of the gifts are listed in Scripture. Romans um, 12 here, 6 through 8, verse 28 also. 1 Corinthians um, 12, 8 through 10, and Ephesians 4, 11 is where they're listed. The gifts are all operated by the Holy Spirit of God in unison and harmony of to bring about the most efficient end for the glory of God. Always. Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So you have and I have at least one gift. Probably most of us have two, maybe three, maybe four gifts. But we at least have one gift. And you are to exercise that gift as God calls you, directs you, and guides you. And he will hold you responsible for it. That the glory may be of God, not of ourselves. God has put the treasure in this earthen vessel. That the glory may be of God, not of ourselves, right? The problem is, we don't want the vessel to be broken. 
Listen, the stinking vessel has to be broken, transparent, so the glory of God can be seen. Most of the time, we have our eyes on the vessel, instead God. And we get enamored with the vessel. The vessel is unimportant. Acts 13, 2, listen to it. This is at Antioch. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry which I have called them. Your responsibility and mine is for me to hear the voice of God, my ear to be tuned to the voice of God, and only to do what he calls me to do through the gifts that he gives me. That's all I'm responsible for. If you're a little finger, don't try to walk. You know nothing about feet or walking. Just do and be what God has called you to be, and God will take care of the rest. Simple. The unity by diversity of the gift is the work of God. Notice thirdly, 7-11, the validity of the gifts. In 7, Paul stated the principle of diversity for the edification of the church. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The focus should not be the gift again, but the Spirit as he operates the gift through the person. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit takes place through different gifts, different types of ministries, different activities of power, bringing about various results. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person, the prophet, the entire church. Every gift, ministry, and activity of the Spirit are not for the individual person primarily, but others. See this hand? I've known this hand for 62 years. This hand has served my body. Has helped me put my shoes on, brush my teeth, comb my hair, scratch the back of my neck. I have never known it in 62 years to serve itself. And it's never complained. Ever. It knows it's a hand. It knows its function. And it does it. My feet, they spend most of their life in a very dark and smelly place. And they have never complained or tried to move up my leg to become my belly button or something. (laughs) What has God called you to be and gifted you? Are you doing it? The word prophet means to contribute in order to help. It's a key word in the letter. 612, 735, 1023, 33, and 127. The one exception is tongues. It edifies only the individual. Unless it's interpreted, then it edifies the body and serves as prophecy because it's understood. He'll get into that in chapter 14. Now, next, Paul says, Paul stated the needed diversity by naming nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts listed here fall under three categories, but they're not listed under category groups. And many of the gifts are manifested in combination and multi-combination when they are being operated under the gifts of revelation, power, and inspiration. So sometimes the gift is manifested alone, but most of the time they're operated in two or three or four or five at a time. Okay? First he says, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Don't miss that. This is one of the gifts of revelation. The word given, once again, is not deserved. It's just given by God. It is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of divine purposes concerning people, 
things or events of present or future. So wisdom is what to do, how to respond, how to handle it, present or future. Word of wisdom, okay? Jesus revealed this when they asked him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar in Matthew 22, 15 through 22? Give me a coin. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. This is a second gift of revelation. It is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit given to an individual of facts, information, or details with the impossibility of obtaining it by natural means regarding the past or the present. What God tells you, the guy who walked in, he's committed adultery against his wife. You didn't talk to him. Nobody told you anything. God gives you that information. Now, you're responsible. You say, Lord, what do I do with it? Do I just pray for the guy? Do I say something or what? Now, be very careful because you're responsible for that information. You be real careful. You better be real sure that God has spoken to you. So you wait upon God, you ask God to confirm things, and you make sure. And when you go, you go in humility, and you present it faithfully. The word of knowledge is not mind reading. It's not feelings. It's not that you have a hunch. Peter's confession at Caesarea Philippi, Matthew 16. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Word of knowledge. The command to get the coin from the fish's mouth, pay taxes in Matthew 17, 27. Word of knowledge. To another, the gift of faith by the same spirit. This is the first gift of power now. It is a supernatural power of belief to an individual to receive what the Holy Spirit has revealed. Active faith that positively expects a miracle, not necessarily immediately, though. The gift could be manifested immediate or in time. It's when God speaks to you that he's going to do a certain thing and you believe God. He gives you that gift of faith to believe. It is in your own ability It's the gift of faith, okay? The gift is distinct from miracles and healings. Now, the gift of faith may be the stepping stone to see the miracle, to see the healing, but it's distinct from the two. The gift is distinct from saving faith of Ephesians 2.8. The gift is distinct from faith that is manifested as a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit, agape love, in Galatians 5.22. The gift of faith is needed in the body. To another, the gift of healings by the same spirit. This is a second gift of power. It is a supernatural act of events of power that would make an individual whole, healthy, or heal without natural means, whatever the disorder may be. And notice it is in the plural, gifts of healings. They're plural. Perhaps one would have a special gift to pray for those with cancer or stuff like that. It's plural, okay? All four gifts are the work of the Holy Spirit. Three times it says the same spirit. The healing of the man who was brought to Jesus and let down through the roof in Mark 2, 5. The faith was of his friends, but Jesus healed them, Okay? The healing of the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8, 48. Her faith made her whole. 
the healing of the man at the gate called beautiful in Acts 3. The faith was neither Peter's nor the man's, but God sovereignly healed him. <laughs> so be careful of methods. Sometimes it's yours, sometimes the faith of others, sometimes God says, I'm going to heal you, what are you going to do about it? Let me give you a case in point. My father was a pagan, and he had a hole in his liver that big, and God healed him. You say, God can't heal a non-believer. Oh, well, you better talk to him when you get there. God can do anything he wants. Epaphroditus and Timothy were not healed, but it wasn't because of their lack of faith. God knows what's best for me, right? Paul was sick all the time, and yet people got healed by Paul's laying of hands and everything, praying for them. To another, the gift of working of miracles. This is the third power gift. It is a supernatural act or events of power which could defy and would defy or go against our natural laws of the universe, physical, biological, and scientific. The healing of the gate, of the man at the gate called beautiful, was a miracle through a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom manifested in a miracle. He had four gifts operative at the same time. The miracle that occurs through Paul's sweatbands and those the apostle laid hands on was through God. Hebrews 2.4 tells us that. All the miracles, God did it, not the man. Whatever happens, God's doing it through the instrument. You understand? If you go to the ice box and you put grape juice in the glass and you drink it, do you think the glass for the grape juice? No. It's just a glass. You don't even think about it. You throw it in the sink there. To another, the gift of prophecy. Again, it will be mentioned in Romans 12, 6 and 14, 3 later on. Now, this is the first gift of inspiration. It is a supernatural utterance proclaimed to man through man by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for edification, exhortation, and comfort, which preaching is very much part of prophecy. He will deal with it in chapter 14, verse 3, those three things there, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, the gift has a twofold manifestation. First, to forth tell the word of God as the instrument to communicate his mind and reveal truth such as preaching and teaching. We speak forth the word of God. That's part of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. This is the primary function of the prophets of the Old Testament. Most people think that the primary function of the prophets of the Old Testament was to predict future things. Wrong. They were the mouthpiece of God to call people to repentance. Secondarily, they would reveal future things. Secondarily, not primarily. Okay? And it's the same in the New Testament. Mary prophesied in edification, exhortation, and comfort in the Magnificent of Luke 1, 46 through 55. Prophecy has to be judged by the scriptures and the direction it is delivered in its threefold function of edification, exhortation, and comfort. We'll deal with it more in depth when we get to chapter 14. Prophecy and the interpretation of tongues are confused often. 
So someone will speak in tongues, and then someone will get up and give a prophecy, and they'll say that's the interpretation. No. Prophecy is God speaking through man to the body, where tongues is speaking up to God. So if it's a true interpretation, the interpretation will go back up to God. It's real simple, at the giving of thanks, okay? So it's confused often. Now, the second aspect is foretelling of God's predictive revelation of the future then. This is the secondary function of the prophets of the Old Testament as well as the New. The Holy Spirit spoke through the teachers at Antioch to separate Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry as we saw in Acts 13. The daughters of Philip prophesied. The prophet Agabus predicted Paul's binding in Jerusalem in Acts 21, 9 through 11. So there was the predictive aspect also, as well as the old and the new. Then to another, the discerning of spirits. This is the third gift of power. This is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit about satanic spirits. This is not natural discernment, but discerning of spirits, plural, by the way. The gift is abused and misused by calling it I have the gift of discernment. I hear it all the time from Christians. Where'd you get it? Not in the Bible. There's no such gift. It's the gift of discerning of spirits, plural, satanic spirits. It almost worked like a word of knowledge. You sit down, someone walks in, and God says, that guy's demon-possessed. The gift of discerning of spirits, okay? There's satanic spirits, man's spirit, and God's spirit. Those are the three categories. The gift is not feelings, but discerning, a distinguishing with certainty of its satanic origin, as with Ilamas the sorcerer, and Paul proclaimed blindness over him in Acts 13, 6 through 10. The gift of miracles and faith was also present with discerning of spirits. The word of knowledge, the blindness. The miracle, he went blind. Faith is also present. The gift is not your suspicions, but absolute certainty then, even as the girl who had the spirit of divination in Philippi in Acts 16, 16 through 18, and Paul cast it out. The demonic spirits will be prevalent for false teaching in the last days, 1 Timothy 4.1 says. Interesting. To another, the gift of tongues. This is the second gift of inspiration. It is supernatural utterance proclaimed by man, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in an unknown language, the Spirit making intercession according to the will of God. While at the same time, your understanding is unfruitful. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, 4, 13 through 17. Now, these are heavenly languages. They're not earthly languages, Okay. It doesn't mean that if you never learn Greek, that all of a sudden you start speaking in Greek. That's not what it's talking about. Okay? The gift is in the plural for personal devotion unless it's interpreted. And he'll deal with it in chapter 14. The gift is to be used in my own private prayer life in an orderly manner. It can be exercised also in a smaller group. The gift was never ever used to preach or teach as many people attempt to teach. And they point to Acts 2, 
No, Acts 2, they all heard in their own dialecta, their dialect, earthly dialects, and he names them off. Paul says in Corinthians 14 that when you speak in an unknown tongue, no man understands you. What is it that we don't understand? <laughs> all right? They're not human languages, all right? The concept that the Spirit forces people to speak in tongues uncontrollably is unscriptural. For the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, 1 Corinthians 14, 32. So God's not going to have you tongue out and roll around the ground. Don't blame God for your stupidity. The gift of tongues does not allow a person to curse Jesus, we've seen in verse 3. The use of tongues and instructions are laid out for us in chapter 14, 18 through 25 when we get there. To another, the gift of interpretation. This is the third gift of inspiration. It is a supernatural interpretation of utterance by man, inspired by the Holy Spirit through the individual. The gift is not a translation, word for word. The interpretation is not the mind of the individual, but of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 33, 37 through 40 is very, very clear. The scriptures are the standards to judge what is being said. The direction must be up to God if it's a true interpretation, not the man. Notice he ties it all together in verse 11. Paul stated the efficiency of diversity due to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit works all these things despite the difference kinds of gifts, despite the different manner of ministries of service, despite the different degrees of divine power, these are all done by the Holy Spirit. This is the fourth time this is repeated, the same Spirit, 4, 8, 9, 11. Paul is going out of his way to be so methodical and so clear on this. Notice the Holy Spirit distributes to each person, each and every person, distinguish, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The Holy Spirit of God knows where a person will serve best with the proper gifts for the body. The Holy Spirit of God knows what will be best for us and the body. The Holy Spirit never imparts all the gifts to any one person. The Holy Spirit of God is sovereign, executing the ongoing work of Jesus, who is the head of the church. Decent, orderly, for the edification of the body. Each of us should understand that all the gifts are distributed and operated by God as he wills, when he wills, to who he wills, as often as he wills. And so the validity of the gifts is their benefit to the people of God. He lays it out here. The proclamation of Paul regarding the gifts is described in these three ways. The tragedy of the gifts is the ignorance that contradicts the word of God. The unity by diversity of the gifts is the work of God. And the validity of the gifts is their benefit for the people of God. He lays it out. Now we've got a choice to be spiritual or be carnal. 
the choice is ours. We have the instruction. Now we just have to go to God. Pastor Xavier Reese with sound teaching regarding the use and purpose of spiritual gifts. Now, if you've missed any part of this important study, or perhaps wish to pass it along to a friend, you can request a copy, and it's simply titled "Ignorance About Spiritual Gifts." It's available on CD for just four dollars. By the way, this important message will contain everything that Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once again is "Ignorance About Spiritual Gifts," or simply mention today's date when you write "Simple Truths." 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. How can you be victorious in your Christian walk? Discover the surefire simple truths with Pastor Xavier Reese next time. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com